welcome to the Othello Foursquare podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. Speaking about candy corn, who, who taught the candy corn how to play baseball? His popcorn. You guys thought you were going to come and hear the word of God. You guys like, what are all these jokes? Just one more, okay? I don't want us to take ourselves too serious. <laughs> Who's in charge of all the candy corn? The colonel. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay, re- let's get back. <laughs> let's just pray because I really want the Holy Spirit to speak to us today as we wrap up this uh this last series, or this talk in the series of David. So, Father, I thank you that your presence is here. Lord, I just pray for a fresh wind, a fresh wind, Lord, and a a holy anointing from you, Lord. Open our eyes, open our eyes of our heart to see what you have for us today, to hear what you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so these last few weeks, probably about the last two months, we've been talking about the life of David. David in the Bible, the David that was a shepherd boy, the David that killed Goliath, the David that uh, was a fugitive to Saul, his father-in-law who was trying to kill him, and then David who became king over Israel. And I just want us to, it's just going to kind of be, this is going to be it. This is the last week that we're going to be talking about this. But I want us to leave here with a few lessons learned from his life that we can apply to ours. Because we know, and before you think, well, this guy, who's, he did something way, he, was, he lived in a time not like I'm living in. Romans 15.4 reminds us, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in scriptures, and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So let, let, let the lessons we, we learn today give us hope. If you, if you feel something resonates with you today, write it down. Don't just listen and then hope you'll remember. Write it down and begin to, and begin to allow God to work this out in your life. We start off, David, I'm, I'm going to kind of go through it, but as a shepherd boy, we know he had a, a lot of sons when the prophet came to anoint him, his father basically left him out of the group of his sons that was saying, hey, it's probably one of these. Well, there was seven, seven sons, and David was over there on the hillside taking care of the sheep. And the first thing we learn by reading in Samuel is how God thought about David. That he thought, he, the, he thought, Nobody cares about me, but God saw the purpose in his life. And so he was the nobody that nobody cared about except God. And God saw something in him. And so it doesn't, it, that, that's just a reminder for us, no matter where you're at, no matter what your situation is, God sees something in you and wants to take you from the hillside, right, to, the, to where he was at in the palace. Even though there was a lot of time in between, God said, I see the end story. And 
I don't see how man sees. I see the heart. And so just know that you're invited, that God sees something in you, and he wants to bring that out. So in his final years of life, because I wish we could just go back through all of it because it's so good. God wants, I mean, but in his final years, he had gone through all these things from shepherd boy to fugitive to Saul to now he's king. Even after his fall, while he was king with his great sin, he's now giving advice to his son, Solomon. In 1 Chronicles 28, 9, it says, he's telling his son, and you, my son, Solomon, Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. He's telling him to worship and serve him with your whole heart, son. That's what matters. Live to give your life to God, for God's glory. And so my question for all of us today is what kind of legacy are we leaving for those who follow? What, what will be said when, you're, when you've passed? What kind of legacy are we leaving for those who follow? And are we leading a life that's going to be just like what, 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 what David is telling Solomon, a life that is wholeheartedly devoted to God. So I got four points, because like Kenzie said, we're going we're gonna to kind of get this Harvest Festival squared away, right? So if you're writing notes, there's, here's the first point I want to talk about. The, this is the type of legacy that David was leaving for those who followed Number one, seek to know and follow God's heart. Seek to know and follow God's heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, the, prophet Sam, the Lord said to Samuel, who was the prophet that was going to anoint David while he was still a shepherd boy, while he was still a nobody, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have, I have rejected him. Talking about David's brothers. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Seek to know and follow God's heart. When you know God's heart, you'll begin to know his will for your life. And David was a man after God's own heart. It's not gonna, at the end of the day, it's not gonna be your experience, even your skills, the knowledge you have, that's going to make the most difference. It's going to, what's going to matter most of all is where your heart's at. And David wanted Solomon to know this. This is why he tells him, his son, he says, in Proverbs 4.23, he says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is a wellspring of life. He's telling his son, guard your heart. So, Check your heart. Not, not that it has a pulse, but that it's beating for the right thing. Yeah. 
God gave him this title, not any man. Because as we can see, he, he was with fault. So how could a man with fault be a man after God's own heart? A man who sinned greatly, a man who lied, a man who cheated, a man who was, was at the top of his rank but decided to do something so low. But God says, no, this is a man after my own heart. Check your heart. Acts 13, 36 says, talking about, this is the New Testament, talking about who David was. He said, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Again, I'll say this. What will be said about you when you pass? What will be said that you served your generation well, that you plugged into the, your God purpose? This was, this was, for me, this was real, especially this week. We, we've had family members in this family who've gone to be with the Lord. And anytime someone passes and they're not here, you begin to think about all that they left. And so, but on his tombstone, on David's tombstone, he was a man who had served God's purpose. So, I want to I just challenge us that I believe one thing we can see of what David's life is, he was passing on the baton to the next, to his son Solomon. And I want to ask us these, these couple questions. Are you showing others your passion for God? Are you raising up others to have the same passion? Who are you investing in? Because our greatest investment is not anything materialistic, but it's people. It's others. Solomon was David's greatest investment. Not the kingdom. Not the building. And I believe God's challenging us. He's saying, hey, are you pouring into others? Are you giving away what I've given you? Are you showing others? And sometimes this is so practical. It's, it's, maybe it's just about showing them a skill that they can, they can now use to honor God and give God glory. Because I know not all of us are, are called to be up on the pulpit preaching and doing, but there's, do not let the enemy for a second try to discourage you from plugging into your God purpose because it doesn't look like someone else's. Blessed is the people who delight in the law of the Lord. Those who want to leave a lasting legacy need to be those who seek and honor God's will, God's, the glory of God. If you think about this, pe people don't remember what you say. They remember what you do. Right? Like how many, how many people, and this is a gut check for me, I'm like, how many people really get saved? I know there is people who you've heard a message and God just touches you, and right there in that moment, based off of what the word of the Lord is saying, it changes your life. But how, and that does happen, but how much more 
from the community, from the love, from the friendship, from the checking in with a phone call or a text? Do people experience God's love? And so I want to encourage anyone in here, if, if you feel like I've been trying, I, I've even invited someone to church and they just kind of, they listen, but it just seems like things are the same. Hey, continue to love, continue to show compassion, continue to pour into their life because you may feel like this is the moment, this is the place, but guess what? The presence of, the, of God lives in us and, if, and we carry the same power. So when we're out and about doing our thing, God's saying, you know what? I want to use you to pour into their life, to show them my compassion, to show them my love. So that's the, th- this is what we carry. Our good deeds will last forever. As a church, we want to be a church that doesn't just say something, but actually goes, goes out. And, and we're the hands and feet of Jesus. But none of this is, is possible without aligning our hearts to God's will. And this was the first thing that I feel like that, that we can learn from David's life, is that he sought to know and follow God's heart. And although he had great victories, like we talked about last week, there was a major fall. And so... And I love the way the Bible talks, uses this. It, the Bible doesn't keep out the mess. It shows us the mess. And aren't you glad? Because it, it's more, it's relatable, right? You can see that it's not just telling you the fairy t- or the, the good stuff. It says, guess what? There's actually, these are humans. These are people with faults. And I still choose to use men like David to bring to bring restoration. Number two, be quick to repent when you fall and give grace when others fall. Be quick to repent when you fall and give grace when others fall. David wasn't perfect. He sinned greatly, but he repented greatly. To remind you, he fell into adultery. He murdered one of his best soldiers and then lied to the leader of his military force. And despite all the guilt and shame that he must have been feeling at the time, he turned to God. He didn't stay where he was at. Second Samuel says he, actually, he got up, he took a shower, he cleaned up, he got a meal, and, he, and then he continued. And he said, okay, God. And God says, I forgive you. But he didn't stay where he was at. You see, the enemy wants to keep us where we're at. Wants to tell us that you're not worthy, that God won't forgive you. When God says, no, no, I still have a plan for you. I've destined you still for more. And he cared so much that he sent the prophet Nathan to tell him, to call him out on what he was doing. And sometimes we do need friends who are going to call us out and say, hey, what's going on? Like, where are you at? And if you don't have friends, and I didn't write this point, but that's another lesson we can learn from David is that he had a lot of great people and great friends in his life. Jonathan, who was Saul's son, who made a covenant with David and said, you know what, here, you're the rightful king. You're God's anointed. 
Get people in your life who are, are seeing the God purpose in your life. So number two, be quick to repent when you fall and give grace when others fall. This was, this was David, what he wrote in Psalms 51.10. He says, create in me. This is after he sinned. This was what his prayer was to God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Why? So I can teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. There, it's bigger than, where, than just staying where you're at because God wants to use your life as a testimony. And David's life was a prime example of this, how God can use a weak and, and, and frail and sinful person to accomplish his purposes. So, next point. Pour all you know and have into others. Legacy doesn't start when you die. Who are you pouring into? What are you doing now? Who knows what you know? Who can, who can benefit from you, you sharing your testimony? You see, it's funny because the enemy knows what we can, what, what people need to hear. And so he wants to make us think that, oh, well, your story doesn't matter. But it does. And God wants to use all that you have to pour into others so they can experience freedom. And David left the legacy that of compassion. I want to read this in Psalms 112. 1 through 5, it says, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in the darkness, light dawns for the upright. For those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous... Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. It matters what we do. It matters what we do. Sometimes I think we, and this is me, I, I grew up and I, I was like, as a kid, I'm like, I want to be the best at first, it was football player. I want to be the best football player that ever lived. And then in high school and in college, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to work so hard so I can be one of the best baseball players to ever live. And then this week, I was thinking about legacy and what people remember you for when you leave. And I'm like, well, I'm, I remember saying that. But what now? And then I began talking to, to my wife, Kenzie, and, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to be in a certain league or have a certain skill to be compassionate, 
to be generous, to be kind. What if you were known to be in the most for the being known for the most compassionate person in the world, the most kind person in the world, the most loving person in the world? Imagine that if people recognize you for that. And and guess what? We can all be because there's no certain skill that you need. There's no certain platform that you need. It's just about being. But what, I mean, that's a good, I mean, I, I challenge you to go, to go home or write this down and really think about this because when, you're, when, you're, when we're talking about it, you, you can be like, oh, yeah, okay. But I really believe that God wants to show us, hey, look at, these are the talents and gifts I've given you. Are you using them for my glory? What will you be remembered as or for doing? Okay, so this is a true story. There's this man named Alfred. It's not a funny story. It's a good story. Okay. And he was known for, many, for his many inventions. But his most known invention was dynamite. He created dynamite. In his later years of life, this man's, Alfred's brother had died. But the newspaper articles and the rest of the world had said that he had died. So he's kind of confused because he starts seeing his name being posted on all these, these outlets and newspapers. And he's saying, I'm not dead. Like, but what was interesting is he started reading his own obituary. And what he read kind of shocked him. It said, one of the obituaries read, the merchant of death is dead. Another source read, Dr. Alfred, who became rich by finding more ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. And, and these, news, these news outlets and stuff were kind of bashing him like this guy was just known for creating something that would kill a lot of people really fast with this dynamite. But, to him, this was a warning, Alfred. As he began to read this stuff, he spent his lifetime trying to invent things, but he was disturbed how people had viewed what he had worked for. But this un- unfortunate event inspired him to make alterations to what he was doing, improve his public image, and he wanted to be remembered for a good cause. So he sold everything, all his assets, and he began to develop something known as the Nobel Peace Prize. Ten years later, after his, he was allegedly dead, he died. But the Nobel Peace Prize still lives. And to this day, every year, they give out this award to someone who exemplifies and strives for peace to all nations. And he went from being known as the merchant of death to the merchant of peace. And what I want to challenge all of us today is if you're sitting in here, then there's time to change your legacy. 
there's time to change how you live and what you do and what you live for. And I really believe that for a lot of us, it's a gut check because there's so many things in this life that try to grab our attention. But at the end of the day, the one thing that lasts forever is the kingdom. The, the, the kingdom of God is eternal. And what we strive for in this earth is not. And that's not to say, man, God wants to make us successful. He wants to give us a lot. But we live for something that is bigger. We live to leave a legacy that is bigger. And guess what, David? His, and what I love about this is that through, that Jesus came through his line. How about that legacy? From generation to generation for people to say, no, that was a person who exemplified the heart of God who lived to give everything to God. As long as you're still here, you have the opportunity to rewrite your story. And that starts today. And as a church, that starts for us today. This vision of who we are, what we do, the love we show, it's not something you just say. It's, it's we have to put it into action. We have to take a a step of faith. Proverbs 13.22 says a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Last verse, and then we'll stand. Psalm 78.4 says, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonder he has done. That's the legacy we want to leave. Amen? Let's stand. Let's just pray. And I just want to encourage you guys. Wherever you're at, God sees you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's saying, doesn't matter what you've done before, guess what? I have still so much left for you to do. And if we can just get a hold of our God purpose, there would be so much freedom that we would experience in every other area of our life. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word that teaches us, that convicts us, that points us to the right direction. And God, I just pray that today we would begin to embody all that you are, our Father, that we would see the legacy that you've left us, the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus, and that we would begin to equip ourselves in that. So God, I thank you for your, for your word. I thank you for every person that is in here in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you still have so much left to do in their life. And that if there's anyone in here who feels like, you know what, I feel like I just haven't been giving you my all, God. That you would remind them that there's still so much more. That today is the right day to start to give your life, to begin to turn around the legacy that they'll leave.
And so, God, I thank you for your presence, Lord. Bless tonight as we have the Harvest Festival that we can be the light of the world, a city on a hill, a church on a hill that lights up this city with God's love, grace, compassion. Lord, and that today would just be a day of harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, othellofoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.